Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. So Jess, why did you become a realtor? I worked in a various customer service jobs, so I wanted something a little bit more rewarding. Um, becoming a real estate agent, being able to help people find their forever homes or their investment homes, starter homes, it's very exciting, so a lot of fun. Now, you've gotten off to a really good start in your real estate career. What has been the most rewarding part of this for you so far? Helping people, especially like first-time home buyers, um, finding their first home. They're so excited. Um, I'm so excited to help them. So it's a nice, rewarding part. What is it that you think makes you different than other real estate agents? I think that my various roles in customer service has helped me. So I like to ask a lot of questions and I want to know what I'm doing. So I think that helps a lot because I'm not going to steer people the wrong way. I'm going to make sure they have knowledgeable decisions um, and help them find the right home. Last thing I'm going to ask you is, and I know these are words that you live by, but the mantra at CTBB Realty is? People over paychecks, do the damn thing. And that's what we do. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a puncher's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave, feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains, from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. We got a big, big UFC card this weekend. Big, big pay per view. But hey, we we still and we got a great who you got. But first, we got to recap what happened last week. Calvin Cater takes a unanimous dominant win. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, listen. This was uh, this was just a great performance from from Cater. Uh, dictated the pace, he the jab setting up all the strikes, the elbows, the uppercuts. 
walked Jacadzi down for all five rounds, uh, stayed within distance to negate those ninja kicks. Uh, I, I mean, just an outstanding performance. But I got to say this. He's still not beating Holloway or Volkanovski, so that's still a huge problem for him. Volkanovski also pointed out quite well, uh, I'll say that when, uh, you know, Giga can't kick, he's a punching bag. And we saw that literally for five rounds. So that's a that's a real problem in his game. And again, Jace, why later on when we talk about the big heavyweight fight tonight, if you if you can't fight on the ground in the UFC, you're not going to beat the top guys in your division. You just won't be able to do it. His inability to to take Cater to the ground to slow things down while he was getting his face smashed in 446 times. That, that you're, he would die if he had fought Volkanovski or Holloway last weekend. He, his face would be destroyed. He he would have been pulverized. He would have been finished too. I tell you that. Either one of those guys would have easily finished him. Um, I'm glad Cater didn't. You know, I like that he just beat his brains in the whole entire time. He really, I think, took all the hype out of this guy. I, I was, um, his corner gave great advice, Jared. His corner was telling him everything he needed to do to win round after round, and he couldn't do it. No pressure. Too much pressure. Got to him. He, uh, yeah, he didn't have room to do any of the things he wanted to do. Uh, I thought with his boxing background, he'd be able to get a little bit of spacing and do more. And uh, this fight didn't make me think a lot of different things about Calvin Qatar. Uh, Gigay's not as good as I thought he was. And Holloway's better than I thought he was. If this is what that guy that Holloway did that to does to the next guy on the list, oh boy, this says more about Max Holloway than it does about Calvin Qatar to me. The, the gap one and two and everyone else in this division, Jared, it, it's not even Dude. close. Not even close. It, th- that might be the biggest gap in the sport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's... Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, huge disparity. Yeah, all right, like Cater might get uh might might get a, a title shot maybe now, because there is nothing else. Like you, you need something, right? I think um I think this guy should fight uh Yair Rodriguez next. I think that's the yeah. right fight for him. You know, I think Yair for him third. against Ortega. I, I think that would be. Or Ortega, you know, again, because I think if he fights one of those two guys, yeah, that's hilarious. But I think you would get like, you know, look, I think those two guys could give him the fight we thought Chikadze was going to give him. And just, and again, this is the problem. And and I think we're going to address this again in the future when we're talking about uh, Chimaev and some of these other up-and-comers, even my guy yeah. Prohaska, you haven't beaten anybody yet. So what happens when you get in the ring with a real top-five guy? And for Chikadze, uh, he got blown out. That was embarrassing. He couldn't do anything. It, after the first 30 seconds, it was clear he wasn't going to win the fight. The first 30 seconds, he looked good, and then 
the pressure just c- came and he had no answers. A guy with a high ring IQ doesn't get beat this badly. No. You you I... figure things out and you either couldn't figure things out. Again, your corner was telling you, but I just watched this fight again this morning. Okay? They literally were telling him what he needed to do and he still couldn't get it done. He still couldn't do it. This fight was still completely dictated by Cater. And it, again, for, from the first 30 seconds on, that was it. Can he was Gage out of it. come up and fight him? Um, inside, <laughs> inside that weight class, though, this as like a, uh, I've done a lot of matchmaking through scrub scraps. And when I see Qatar fight, it's like, oh, here's an opportunity. So uh, maybe it's not the next right step for his career, but I think Barbosa's a great fight for, for Cater. Ooh, I like that. I'd like to see him fight Barbosa. Give me that straightforward pressure and walk straight into those spinning elbows and do all that stuff you were doing. And let's see what happens. That would be fun. Barbosa to talk. Cater. Yeah. But, I mean, th- that is weird with this division. Like, you don't want to see anyone – else fight for the belt who who else would challenge volkanovsky right now holloway again that would be like the only one yeah i mean i think he's like, fighting the korean zombie in his next fight which i think is going to be super fun for the fans i think we can all yeah, kind of get totally. behind that and then that'll be that yeah so that's it yeah that'll be a fun fan fight you know but nothing nothing's coming of that for for the i mean it'll It'll be tough to see the the zombie take a beat down again, but he's yeah. always down for that. Uh, yeah, but uh, I mean, it, it, that just the, the that division's just rough right now. I mean, you got the two at top, and everyone else is just be thankful that you have two elite guys at the top. Yeah, because yeah. at least you can, you know, as opposed to one guy dominating it. At least there's two, so. You know, every couple of months you can get out there in your division. You you it gets highlighted with excellence. That's that's right. nice. Yeah. That's a, a benefit. But again, yeah. Uh, right now, the even I was kind of scanning through the the rankings this morning. Nobody on that list is is going with those two. No, that's like nobody, the only division. Just nobody there. That and like maybe like the women's divisions, like uh, there's no like real like up and comer. That made me sad to watch that because I thought Chigadze might be the answer to that question. Yeah, and uh, that's what we were kind of hoping for. Yeah, you look at the rest of that list; it's just not there. No, leave it to my brother, and of course, to bring up Robinson and Lamada anywhere he can. I can. (laughs) Um, Yeah, again, I, 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 you know. We got a trilogy tonight, a back-to-back-to-back trilogy with, yeah. with, with two guys at the top of a division. And I know, you know, maybe people are kind of tired of seeing the same guys fight. You know, uh, eh, Stipe and Cormier, Stipe and Cormier. That's all you – well, who else? Who's better than them? Yeah. That's how this works. <laughs> Get another guy. Yeah, I right. mean, step in if if you think you can do it. But you know, then again, right? Chikadze seemed to be the best hope. He got thoroughly dominated by a guy who got dominated by the number two guy. It's literally the best we had to throw at it. Yeah, but uh, not even close. Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, 
I'm pretty sure this is booked. Volkanovski zombie. I'm almost certain that that's locked in. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. Uh, let's take a break because we got a lot of UFC, a lot more UFC to talk about coming up to preview tonight. I will say this. We did just talk about the best boxing that we're going to talk about on this show. That's sad. Let's, we're talking about a boxing match next. Yep. Joe Smith Jr. KOs Steve Gifford uh, in the ninth round. And then uh, rumblings that he wants your boy, Jared Baturbiev next, Joe Smith Jr. Never. You're muted, brother. No, he doesn't. This is a, this is a sparring partner for Baturbiev that took him nine rounds to get out of there. And hey, I sent a message to both Tony and Joe that said, "Don't be surprised if Joe Smith Jr. isn't the best boxer in the ring here." He wasn't. He was outboxed as far as boxing and class goes. Joe Smith Jr. is just not as good as that. So how are you going to get a guy with better technique, better pedigree, better amateur career, better professional career, stronger? He's going to walk him down and smash him. And Canelo doesn't want to fight either one of these guys for some reason. Like, these are some of the guys at the top. He's steering clear of them. Usyk will come down and kick his ass to him. Tired of Canelo. Joe Smith Jr. can't box as well as he should be able to for the position he has in that division. Joe Smith Jr. is very strong, and he hits hard. However, (laughs) I'm so unimpressed by this guy. Uh, He's got a very ineffective jab. It's mostly pawing. We literally, tell me if this isn't the fight, seven rounds of Smith trying to punch through the high guard. And really not inflicting much damage. A little bit later, he threw some body shots. Mostly, though, you you watched him punch Gaffard's gloves in his arms. I think he thought. I think he caught. I think twice he slipped a right in through the guard. That was it. He overswung a lot. And Gaffard, who is a was a better boxer in that ring, no doubt, didn't take advantage. You know who would take advantage of that? Yeah, Baturbiev, Bivol, Canelo, anybody worth their weight in the ring would have knocked Joe Smith out. I want to say it was the third round uh, where he lost his balance completely. If Gaffard would have counter left there, Smith would have been out cold, and we'd be talking about one of the biggest upsets in the sport. If he's fighting any of the three guys I just mentioned, he gets knocked out in the third round there. He would have been out cold, Okay. His, his inability to set things up and to just come at you and, you know, again, a pawing left, and then I'm going to throw the overhand. That 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 works against somebody who's afraid of you. Um, <laughs> it works great against a guy who's afraid of you. That's not going to work against uh, beyond those three. You know, I would say there, there's – this this is not a good style of fighting. Yeah, there you go. I yeah. mean, I, it, it was. I I I'm sitting there watching this fight, and I'm thinking, dude, body, just hit him in the body. What are you doing? He's giving you the body to hit him, and then when he did him in the body, he hit him below the belt because he's not good at this. Yeah, he should he's- go back to construction work. <laughs> Let them write a movie about himself. Maybe get a reality show. 
But oh, before he gets hurt against somebody good, just stop. It, it, it honestly, yeah, he he is a, a fake champion just because uh, Canelo moved, which is Bamo, dude. It, it, with, with all these divisions and belts and supers and dupers and all that other stuff, it, this guy shouldn't have a title. It's it's silly. But he does. He reminds me a little bit of Deontay Wilder, just without the length and the insane power. But uh, a little bit, I could see that. Yeah. So everything that makes Deontay Wilder good, he doesn't have. I think he lacks the speed of Deontay Wilder. I think that's maybe. definitely okay. maybe the major difference, and and would be the difference in the punching power. This is a, a bigger Tevin Farmer. They built this not in his boxing style, but they built this guy up. To fight the better guys, Canelo, Baturbiev, Usyk, these guys aren't fighting each other. And, hey, let's feed Joe Smith four or five guys and make him look like somebody worth fighting. Baturbiev will smash this guy. Canelo will walk down and smash this guy. Joe Smith is not in that same category. And those guys that would smash him need to start fighting each other. Bivol, Canelo, Joseph, these guys are in trouble. They end up in the ring with Baturbia. This guy is another another class of fighter, I promise you. Keep watching Arthur Baturbia. He's he's the real deal. That's as good as they get in the game right now. Might be the strongest man pound for pound in boxing. They don't want to yeah. fight him. And I don't blame him. I don't want to fight him either. But that I, I honestly I honestly could see Canelo fighting Joe Smith Jr. before Baturbia. Yeah, I would. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> I would. <laughs> I totally would. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, sense. All right, dude. Again, I I don't think he would last very long in a ring with Canelo. No, because of Canelo's great ability to not get punched and his amazing counter punching. That is like Joe. That's Joe Smith's worst nightmare. Uh, what I just described. Yeah. <laughs> what's, uh, what's his name? Uh, right, a counter puncher doesn't get hit. That's a big problem for me. Who Canelo got the uh, Billy Joe Sanders? Saunders. Saunders a better boxer than Joe Smith. He did better yeah. against Canelo than Joe Smith will. Well, I don't understand why we're we're building this guy. I do understand it, but I'm I'm posting this comment from Tony because this is something somebody might have yelled during a Lamada Robinson fight. Uh, he says instead of calling out Baturbiev, <laughs> he says he deserves a shot at Canelo. What a tomato can. Thank you for that, Tony. That was amazing. Uh, I got to say that today. He is a tomato can. That is a a good description. I like Joe Smith Jr. Um, He he's um he's fun. He's um he's Jake Paul with actual training. Oh, (laughs) all right. I like that. But I will I will say. They aren't going to be making any movies about Joe Smith Jr. I'll tell you that for sure. Speaking of movies, let's get into the who you got. Combat sports athlete movie. If you were to write and direct a movie telling the story of a combat sports athlete, past or present, who would you pick to make that movie about Joe? This is so easy. One of my all-time favorites. His name is Mike Tyson. This is an amazing feel-good story. A black teenager adopted by... 
custom model comes the youngest champion ever most feared man on the planet pay-per-views he's got the video game the beautiful actress wife that could have been a movie just that you could make that a movie that could be the whole thing but uh we'll go on it'll be a tragedy instead you'll add in don king you'll add in desiree washington buster douglas and evander holyfield prison face tattoos some bankruptcy you toss in danny williams and kevin mcbride but you want to end this strong make it a feel-good movie again so you get the hangover uh a podcast a fight with roy jones in your 50s and you're loved again. What an amazing story. I can't believe anybody hasn't made that movie yet. The best part is Mike Tyson could star in the movie. Yeah. Well, I think Jamie Foxx is working on a Mike Tyson movie. Somebody should. There should be a Mike Tyson movie. This is amazing what has happened with that guy. Do you do you remember? <laughs> do you remember after Holyfield in prison where it was like he's done? Mike Tyson's finished. Yeah. And then he came back, didn't go well. And then he lost a whole bunch at the end. Three of his last four, four of his last five. Bye. Now everybody yeah. loves Mike Tyson. Yeah. How did that happen? That is the greatest story in the history of sports and possibly the greatest story in United States history. We still dance to our Kelly jams. Yeah. Fair enough. Ignition. But only because I can separate the music from the person i yeah. accept mike tyson wholeheartedly um i was gonna make a joke and say i i don't believe desiree washington but i i won't go there uh i do i do and i believe evidence but anyway um it's an amazing story i don't know why Sounds we haven't like seen you this did yet. your own research <laughs> all right i got one um mine again dude easy it was easy for me too came right into my head a guy named edison miranda now, Edison Miranda grew up uh, poverty. He was born into poverty um, and mother left. Never knew who his father was. Mother disappeared. Um, this guy's homeless. He starts making the trek toward where he thinks his mother is. This is across like three or four countries at nine or eight, nine, ten years old. He's walking across countries as a little kid to try to find his mom. Um, and he ends up finding her. He's got a system for finding out if roadkill's been there too long to eat. That's how things were for Edison Miranda as a child, less than 10 years old. And he's got a system for figuring out if he can eat the roadkill or not. He finds his mom. She's remarried. She's got a new man that doesn't want him there. So after traveling on foot across three countries as a little kid, his mom put him back on the street again. He wanders into a boxing gym and becomes a super middleweight champion of the world. This guy is phenomenal. His fights with Arthur Abraham, uh, where he broke his jaw early, and when he's punching him, you can see that then Abraham find a way to pull out the fight. Those are wars, and this guy's a warrior. This is the type of story that when you hear it, you're like, you understand why that man became such a good fighter. Um, Edison Miranda. If you don't know it, look it up. And I don't know why there's not a movie about that guy yet either. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, that, that just sounds great. By the way, real quick, uh, this Mike Tyson, Jamie Foxx thing, it's not going to be a, a full-length movie anymore. We literally oh. just did a quick bit of research. Uh, they're working on like a 
like sort of a biopic docu series. Uh, but okay. he it won't it won't be a movie. Yeah, uh, some and by the way, great um, great uh, great suggestions. I, my brother, of course, again, big fan of the show and obviously huge supporter here. And uh, and and he's told me about Harry Greb or Grebe, uh, who uh, went one hundred fifteen and eight, only person to beat uh, Gene Tunney, um, and he was blind. This guy was blind in his right eye, and he was legally blind in his left eye, uh, could barely see, and was 115 and 8. He was 47 and 0 in 1919. <laughs> wow. Jeez. All right. That oh, should have wow. a movie. Uh, two honorable mentions I got. One of them's uh, Diego Corrales, just because I like it. Um, Oh, Arturo Gotti's a great one, too. Why didn't they do that movie? Maybe Hanging Himself. And, um, hey, I'm actually in a movie called Pep about yes, a guy named Willie Pep, who I may have been the answer to this question if they didn't just do it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, all right, I, I have an honorable mention, too. I got Ian Heinish, uh, yeah, unranked UFC fighter. But, uh... He got caught for like he was like smuggling drugs across Europe, like for years before being a fighter. So I figured you could find make a movie about that. But for the my actual answer to this question, Tyson Fury to go. He comes up. He beats Klitschko. Then goes retires, falls into depression. I. I hear him on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast talk about, like, his depression just driving in, like, his Lamborghini just super, like, messed up. And, like, he was on the brink of, like, just swerving off the road and just ending it to then come back, have the, the trilogy with Deontay Wilder. Like, that's that's a movie that needs to be made. I think it's a great opportunity to explore alcoholism, depression, um, uh, just weight issues and staying in shape. I think he went through a lot of things that a lot of people go through. And, and when we go through stuff like that, we feel alone. So being the current heavyweight champion of the world and having experienced all those things, I totally agree with you, Jason. Beautiful movie. And it's time for it. It's like perfect timing in our society for a movie like that. Yeah. And I we're Realistic, I, I think there's so many like different combat sports athletes who can pick. Even like in Ganu, growing up like in, in like a sand mine or whatever in Cameroon or something, then smuggling himself to Paris. Yeah, I love that. That is the like this. This that's that was the that was definitely a Steve Hollywood life, version. Yeah. yeah. Stipe's not a full-time UFC fighter. He's a full-time firefighter, part-time UFC fighter, and former heavyweight champion. <laughs> um, yeah, of course, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I think we were all avoiding uh, saying Francis Ngannou just because it, it is a pretty amazing story to grow up in abject poverty, to uh, live on the streets of Paris. He was 26 years old. You know, he wasn't like 15, 17, you know, where yeah. he had a... His whole life ahead of him, so a lot of credit to that guy uh, for overcoming the struggles that he's come because it's a, a, an amazing story, and uh, it is going to end tonight. Yeah, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's get. <laughs> Oh, we won't. We'll save that one for them. But let's get into the UFC card. Starting off with uh, the flyweight championship. Saturday night at UFC 270, the main event features a flyweight title fight trilogy between Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Let's break it down. Davison Figueredo is 34 years old. He's 5'5 five five with a 68-inch reach and a record of 22-1 with nine knockouts and eight submissions. From Sore Para, Brazil, the son of a buffalo herder, Figueredo was introduced to wrestling by his father at age nine and quickly took an interest in MMA. He made his debut in 2012 with a first-round submission and blew through his first 11 opponents, scoring 10 finishes before making his UFC debut in 2017 with a second-round stoppage of Marco Beltran. In his next fight, he defeated Jared Brooks by decision and followed it up with a second-round knockout of Joseph Morales, dropping in with an uppercut and finishing him with grounded pound. After knocking out John Moraga, he suffered his first loss, getting shut down by Jusifer Formiga in a bloody brawl. He quickly bounced back with a unanimous decision over Alexander Penoya and a guillotine choke of Tim Elliott, to set up a fight for the vacant flyweight title against Joseph Benavidez. After an even first round, Figueredo came on strong in the second, knocking out Benavidez with a brutal right cross. However, since he missed weight, he was ineligible to win the title. Five months later, the pair met again for the vacant title, with Figueredo dropping Benavidez in the first round and then submitting him via rear naked choke. Four months later, he made his first title defense, submitting Alex Perez with a first-round guillotine choke, and then 21 days later took on Brandon Moreno in the fastest turnaround in UFC history. After five brutal back-and-forth rounds, the fight was ruled a majority draw after he was deducted a point for a low kick in the third round. On June 12, 2021, he was completely outclassed in the rematch, losing his title to Moreno via rear naked choke. A dangerous counter-striker, Deuce DeGuara possesses long arms and an immense power, keeping fighters at a distance with his jab and intercepting his opponent's shots with a long right cross or left hook. A black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he is also an excellent grappler who prefers to employ the guillotine joke to submit his opponents. Brandon Moreno is 28 years old. He's 5'7", with a 70-inch reach and a record of 19-5-2 with three knockouts and 11 submissions. From Tijuana, Mexico, Moreno first took up MMA at the age of 12 as a way to lose weight and by 18 decided that he wanted to make a career out of it. He turned pro in April of 2011, winning by first round submission, but then lost three of his next five fights. In 2014, he made his debut in the World Fighting Federation and in his second fight for the promotion, he won the vacant flyweight belt with a first round submission of CJ Sullivan via rear naked choke. He defended the belt three times and then joined season 25 of The Ultimate Fighter. In the opening stage of the show, he lost to Alexander Pejoya by rear naked choke in his UFC debut the same year, submitting Louis Smolka with a guillotine choke in round one. He followed that up with a decision over Ryan Benoit and a rear naked choke of Dustin Ortiz, but then dropped two straight decisions to Sergio Pettis and Alexander Pejoya. He bounced back the following year, knocking out LFA flyweight champion Mikel Perez with a vicious ground and pound and then took on Askar Askarov in a close fight that ended in a draw. He finished out 2019 with a solid win over Kai Kai France and then dominated the dangerous Jusifer Formiga. Next up, he took on fellow top prospect Brandon Royval, 
dominating him on the ground and then stopping him with a barrage of hammer fists. On December 12, 2020, he challenged champion Davison Figueredo in what turned out to be a grueling back-and-forth slugfest. After five hotly contested rounds, the fight was ruled a draw. In the rematch six months later, he put on a dominant display, taking the fight to Figueredo and finally winning the title via third-round rear naked choke. A dangerous pressure fighter, Moreno likes to utilize a solid jab and left uppercut and is excellent at throwing combinations and then going for the double leg takedown. Once on the ground, he really shines, often dominating his opponents with his jiu-jitsu as attested to by his 11 submissions. Can Figueredo utilize his power and athleticism to show that the rematch was a fluke? Or will the baby-faced assassin put on another spirited and gritty performance to prove that he's the best flyweight in the world? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 270, and let's find out. All right, Joe, who you got? I believe that Moreno has Figueredo figured out, if you will. Uh, you could explain the draw initially. He take, you know, he fought three weeks later, so maybe, but it was more of the same in the second fight up until he submitted him. This is a really good matchup for Moreno. I think you're going to see Herb Dean raise Moreno's arm again, and I think you're going to see Figueredo carry him out on his shoulders again. I I agree with you. I, I think Moreno's going to win. In what was arguably the weirdest ending I've ever seen post-fight, uh, where the other guy carries that guy out, that was, I believe, because Figueredo was completely humbled and outclassed in that one and dominated by... Dude, you don't lift another man up on your shoulders and carry him out of the arena. Like, that's that means you didn't do good. So I'm on my own taking Fig here, huh? Do it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like wanted fig. to, but I don't think so. It was a good fight. I love I love these guys. I mean, I love I'm a fight fan. This is good fights. Yeah, I, I will say uh, Figueredo, I I think he needs to be more like explosive. But the thing is, is Moreno really won the stand-up in that first in that second fight with that jab. He he knocked the he, he sat Figueredo down in that first round, and then just staying behind that jab. That's what made Figueredo st start to try wrestling, and then Moreno just got his back. So like I, I don't see uh, unless uh, Fig can. Uh, find something explosive, throw maybe a, a submission out of nowhere or something, something crazy. The, unless something like that happens, I, I think Moreno just has it on lock and he's just dialed in. Him on the ground is, is dangerous. He, uh, I think, utilizes his jujitsu better than anybody else in this sport. And I thought, I thought, few fights ago that Figueredo was actually one of the better guys at, at doing that but you know there his his the way he he tries to prevent takedowns and do the it, you could easily pop out of that and a good Brazilian jiu-jitsu artist like Moreno is going to do it he spars with Valentina Valentina Shevchenko who uh is a much more well-rounded athlete than is Figueredo so you, you saw the work pay off in the second fight, and I really do think that this third fight is going to be more of the same. He's just a touch more explosive. I I agree that Marino's got his number. Um, but the, just, to, just like Jay said, great take. 
this guy's a little bit more explosive and something crazy could happen. And I'm betting on it. I want to take Figueredo, and I, I actually I haven't bet yet for tonight, Jared. I don't know. I, I'm saying this now on the show. I may tell you next week if, if Figueredo wins that I put my money on Figueredo. Um, but I, I do think it's close, but yeah, I don't know. It's just something tells me that, that Moreno's going to choke him out again or submit him again. Could be a dog fight. Gonna be a great fight either way. This whole yeah, card man. is uh is pretty fantastic. Yeah, it, it's gonna be great. I, I'm excited. Uh, you got the little guys and the big guys. Let's get into the big guys and who will be fighting for the baddest man on the planet. Nganu and gone. The first pay-per-view of the year, UFC 270 Live from the Honda Center in Anaheim features a heavyweight title between the undisputed champion Francis Ngannou and interim holder Cyril Gaon. Let's break it down. Cyril Gaon is 31 years old. He's 6'5 with an 81-inch reach and a record of 10-0 with four knockouts and three submissions. From La Roche-sur-Yon, France, Gaon got into martial arts in his early 20s, making his professional kickboxing debut in 2016, winning the AFMT Muay Thai heavyweight title with a second-round knockout of Jeremy Jean. He defended his title six times, winning four by knockout before switching to MMA in 2018, winning his debut with a first-round front choke of Bobby Sullivan for the Canadian promotion TKO's heavyweight championship. He defended it twice with a second-round knockout of Adam Daishka and a first-round stoppage of Roger Sousa. In August of 2019, he made his UFC debut with a first-round triangle choke of Rafael Pessoa and two months later submitted Dontale Mays with a heel hook. He closed out the year with a unanimous decision over Tanner Boser. He returned in 2020, taking on UFC legend Junior Dos Santos, and despite the disparity in experience, he put on a dominant performance, forcing Dos Santos against the cage, dropping him with an elbow and stopping him with ground and pound. Two months later, he took on Jerzinho Rosenstroik, controlling the distance with his jab and leg kicks and dominating the grappling exchanges to win a lopsided decision. In June of 2021, he put on an excellent display, dominating Alexander Volkov with his jab, speed, and footwork to secure the decision. And in August, followed that up with a third-round knockout of Derek Lewis to capture the UFC interim heavyweight title. A natural athlete, Gon is a proficient technical striker who excels at controlling the distance and using a combination of speed and footwork to dictate the pace. Francis, the Predator, and Ghana was 35 years old. He's 6'4", with an 83-inch reach and a record of 18-3 with 12 knockouts. Growing up in abject poverty, he worked in a sand quarry and took up boxing at the age of 22. Moving to France at age 26 to pursue a career in MMA, he slept in the streets of Paris until he made enough money to support himself. He turned pro in Europe in 2013 and made his UFC debut in 2015 via second-round knockout. In his next fight, he stopped Curtis Blades. Gaining the attention of Dana White was heavily promoted and quickly stepped up in competition, scoring a Kimura over Anthony Hamilton, a fast KO over Andre Orlovsky, and a wild uppercut knockout of Alistair Overeem. In his first shot at the title, he was thoroughly beaten down and outclassed by champion Stipe Miocic and still reeling from the psychological effects of that loss. He dropped a unanimous decision to Derek Lewis in a tentative match, widely regarded as one of the worst fights in UFC history. He came back five months later, 
going on an impressive run that saw him dispatch his next four opponents in under three minutes, including a 45-second knockout of Curtis Blades, a 26-second knockout of Cain Velasquez, a one-minute blitz of Junior Dos Santos, and a wild 20-second bludgeoning of Jerzinho Rosenstreich. On March 27, 2021, he challenged Stipe Miocic again for the title, this time under the tutelage of welterweight champion Kamaral Usman, coming in better prepared for Stipe's grappling, and early in the second round, scored a devastating knockout to become the new heavyweight champion. Can Ngannou stop his former training partner with his thunderous one-punch knockout power to unify the title? Or will Gan's speed and technique carry the day as he continues one of the most meteoric rises in UFC history? Tune in Saturday night to UFC 270, and let's find I Gan's great. Gan is great. I'm not going to say anything, but Gan... This, I think, is a a featherweight situation we have here. I think Gan can be anyone, but Francis Ngannou is just a superhuman. I just don't think anyone can touch him. I, I think the thing with Gan is he takes time to uh, uh, attack you and get you. It, it, it takes him time. In Ganu, you, you don't have a lot of time because if he just touches you once, you're going night night. And mm-hmm. Gan, I, I think if he if he can tear up Ganu's legs, maybe utilize those kicks, keep him at bay. But I, I still think Ganu's long. I, I still think he gets in there and, and he lands something and puts. This is a this is a different Ganu ever since the. First Stipe fight ever since the Derek Lewis fight, we've seen a different Nganu. He out wrestled Stipe in that rematch. Stop saying that. He didn't out wrestle him. He stuffed him once. Stuffed him once and took his back. Calm down. And then landed. Calm down. Don't overhype what Nganu did. Nganu is, this is a, I think Nganu is just different. He is on another level. Than everyone else right now in the heavyweight division. Jared, I'm gonna let you talk about your boy gone. <laughs> yeah, right from Jump Street in this show. I told you about this guy, Cyril Gone. He's one of my fantastic five. Alexander Yusik already cleaned house and did his job. And here we are, two plus years in, and I get the second one of these. I said this would be the next guy, by the way. How many title defenses does Francis Ngannou have? None. Because when this started, I said Gan would be the next guy with three. This could be three or four title defenses, and he's the next heavyweight that's actually going to hold the belt for a few fights. This is where he gets it. And then he's got three or four wins coming up before somebody comes along and touches it and it's what i said in 19 and that's what i'm saying now cyril gone all day he's the more technically sound fighter of the two you uh want to hear what i think yeah <laughs> i don't like one trick ponies i don't think Ngannou has enough weapons in this fight gone is too fast he's too strong uh, he does things other heavyweights can't do, like throw flying knees. Um, 
We know Ngannou's got the, the lights-out power. You can't make a mistake against him, but good for Cyril Gunn. He's been absolutely perfect since he's been in the MMA. Okay? So he's not going to get exposed. He has a very high ring IQ. A much higher ring IQ than Francis Ngannou does. So this thing gets stopped in the fourth round with Gon beating the bejesus out of him. Because, and here's the thing, I'm sure he's been jogging in Portugal or wherever you want him to be jogging. Cardio's going to be an issue for Ngannou if he can't end this fight in two rounds. And this is not the kind of guy that you're going to put down and knock out. So why is this a why, difficult fight for Ngannou? Yeah, this fight's this is not gonna this fight's not gonna last long, buddy. I know. I mean, this fight, God, is gonna put his lights out. Stop it! This fight's going four rounds. I promise you. This fight. Yeah. yeah. Ngannou can go that long. No, Ngannou can't yes, go that can. long. He, no, he, he's gonna the be first getting, fight with Steve Bay. He was go. Yeah, he looked he, terrible in that I fight. Know, what are you talking about? Throwing, he was still throwing no, it, at the end. He was still throwing his one punch and did it land? Yes, like three times. And did he do anything to Steve Bay at that point in the fight? No. no. Why? Because he was gassed. Yeah, but he's not going to get wrestled like that in those first couple rounds. He's got Dude, a zero he's gun. Got the gas tank. It's hard to hit, but it doesn't. He's hard he to just... fight. He's going to mix in some takedowns. You and we'll see what a great wrestler in Ghana is because he stuffed Stipe once and took his back. That's all the wrestling we've ever seen from the new and improved in Ghana, who is still a one trick pony. Yeah, I mean, if it's working, it's going to continue to work. And Ganu, this dude hits like a car. He's got the highest recorded power of a punch scientifically. So I, I he's just different. He's just built different. I, I think he puts him to sleep. Like, it, it, he's just different. Like like I said, it, it's like a Volkanovsky-Holloway situation. I think Cyril Gan is the best other heavyweight. But Nganu is just different. I still think Stipe's better than Nganu. So your argument okay. is out the window. And I think if John Jones ever shows up, I'd love to see that fight too. I don't I don't think you could do it. The, the, the distance between these guys is nowhere near the distance in any of the other divisions. This is very, very close. Again, you you've got he split with Stepe. Why that's not a fight again is still beyond me. Why we're getting everybody else in the mix except for the guy that reigned the division for four years. I, I don't I don't get it. He's but only whatever. Part-time fighter. He's got to fight, fight fires. Well, he does. Yeah. Fires firefighting's important. It I'm is. not gonna find it. But uh, I, I'm I regardless, I'm excited. In, Dude, it doesn't exist. Who's the last uh, UFC heavyweight to win four fights with the belt? Defend it four times. No, Stipe has the record. Stipe with three. Yeah. Yeah. No one. Yeah. Cyril Gon will at least tie that record. No, I'm going to break is it. Is what I said. Here we go. Yeah, going to break Ready, it. Set, go. Riley just pointed out a great point here. I mean, he fought, he fought and took on Lewis's power. No sweat. He got hit. We have Gon's a monster, dude. I, I, I'm telling you, and and Ganu's great. And I've never picked him in a fight ever, and I'm still not going to do it. All right, 
But uh, okay, hey, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, Rosenstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Volkov, Derek Lewis, these guys can punch a little bit. I'm not going out to say that they're in Ganu, but just that he's like Ali had a way of rolling punches and being sound enough for the game of inches, you know. I'm not sure you can hit Gan the way you want to to get him gone. Hold on. But uh good. I, I <laughs> mediocre <laughs> those two points jace here's what we need to let's discuss this what? for a second okay why don't we just why don't we just put this out there okay because it means a lot to you you love francis and ganu say it i i do all right i love francis and ganu yeah He's he's speaking emotionally here, everybody. So, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Chase, when God wins, he's I'm going to talk so much crap. In the, and I listen. I don't want anyone when God wins. I want everyone to leave Jace alone tonight. I don't no, want anyone I don't antagonizing him. Why right is now, so disrespectful? He's speaking from the heart, and I and I love that. I he really had do. Two bad fights, and, and everyone thinks Ngannou is is nothing. He, he's the baddest man against anybody else out there. I'd be picking Ngannou if he was fighting someone besides the best guy in the heavyweight well, division. But, yes. but would you pick him in the C- against Stipe again? Probably yeah. not. Yeah, would? I wouldn't. Okay. I might. He See, might. I wouldn't. But but no, name some other people. If he fights, but he wanted to fight those uh, those Santos again. Yeah, he wins that one. No sweat. Rosenstrike. Yeah, blow him out. Volkanov. Yeah, Volkov. Whatever. Yeah, gone. Gone. Yes. I think there's the some best. guys though that are skilled. Yeah. Stipe's ability to take it to the ground and his boxing skill are, are like elite level. That's why he's so good at this. Yeah. And your boy and, Nganu throws a big right hand. There's not much else going on, dude. You're talking about in Ciro Gone, a heavyweight, the likes of which we've never seen before. The way this guy moves and strikes, this is he's he's and we're talking about so power again, to, we've never to, seen before, dude. Gone, gone can knock people out too. Gone can knock yeah, but it takes out. Time it takes like three rounds. Look at how long Derek Lewis lasted, right? Ngannou's got that. No windows. I talk about this all the time. There are windows where you can get knocked out. The more you, hey. You know who did a really good job of slamming windows shut? Even though he wasn't being competitive or doing anything but surviving, he didn't open any windows for himself to get hurt. Guy named Jafard. He just fought Joe Smith in a boxing ring. And he didn't get beat down for nine rounds because he kept all the windows shut. And that's with Cyril Gaon. If you're going to hit Gaon with a good, good punch... You're gonna have just a just a he's gonna make it a fraction of an opportunity to land it of what some other fighters do. Just engaging. He just opens the window like, come on in. If you touch me, that means you're close enough to hit. Uh God's not like that. And he's not you know, Loma's a slow starter. Knock it off. He's playing chess and not checkers. And that's what's going on. These are two guys playing chess and checkers. This is hilarious. Outside of Stipe and Gon, and Gon who beats everyone. Well, Agreed. except for Lewis, totally who agree. beat him. So, no. I mean, again, yeah. 
Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He uh, already saw that fight. Those he wins, though. He beats Lewis maybe, but but I actually saw that fight happen. It was god awful, and he lost it. So <laughs> tough to That's say. And fair. yes, yes, yes. With Stipe, it's close. I'm I'm not saying Stipe would blow him out. We we are one one in that one. We definitely need to see a third fight, but we should put it in an adult sized ring. I think that's going to really be key <laughs> to that fight. Um, yeah, and Ganu's just going to knock out Lewis. It's again. It, this is it. This is this is Jace's dream scenario. Two big dumb oafs just coming out <laughs> throwing right hands and pawn with their left. No, that's your dude. That's you. You're like, yeah, let's go. You because it's the video game until stand in the pocket and just punch until somebody goes down. That's not how winners fight. That's not how that's not how Alexander the Great fight. That's not how Max fights. That's not how Adesanya fights. That's not Ali how fight like that. I mean, dude, anybody who comes running uh, in with their face, we've seen it how many times you're running with your Stipe beat Verdun. How did Verdun do it? Chasing him around the ring with yeah. his chin out. Stipe stopped and was like, boop. Thanks for the belt, you clown. That's you can't, what you're getting. You can't charge in at people. You can charge in at some people. Look what Joe Smith did the other night. God's eh? <laughs> right. If charge you charge in. in on the wrong guy, an elite guy, you're done. Mm. So and here's the other thing about Loma on, here's the other thing about Francis and Ghana. And here's here's why this is a real problem because we keep hearing about he's so patient now. Well, we saw him be patient. In one fight for one round. So let's see what happens when he gets uh, frustrated in this gone fight. And he goes charging in and he regrets it, Jace. He's going to be the fool that walks into a power punch, not the other way around. Mm. And it's, again, it's a, we, we don't watch heavyweights fight like this. This guy fights like a welterweight. That's insane. He's fluid, and he's not going to get punched. He's not going to charge in at the legs like Curtis Blades and get popped. It's not going to happen. You don't hear me make a lot of Ali comparisons, but that's what we're seeing here. James Tony, Chris Bird, Loma, Ali, guys who's boxed, you know, technique is heads and shoulders above everybody else. That's what you're seeing with Cyril Gaon. Could he get knocked out? Yeah, but those are small windows. And he's going to be better at that size at fighting than anybody he ends up in the ring with. I like this Listen, point. The fight will determine whether Gon got lucky. He didn't get lucky. We really made the adjustments he needed to make. The, the, I think this No, you're fight, right. He got the benefit of a really tiny ring. Sure. Whatever. Go ahead. But uh, he got, I think this is going Chase, to be. Hold on. No, no, no. no. You're not going to win. You're not going to ignore my ring. point. He You're did not ignore the point. I he just did. Made. He put the they both signed the contract. They both signed the contract. Ring. The contract. He, they didn't want to fight the baby ring. Contract. He just wanted to get a fight in, and they were holding out. Okay. This was Dana's dream was to make Jace cream in his shorts watching Dude, these were... two guys. We'll just make him stand there, rock him, no, sock listen, him, robot, listen, and see whose head gets popped off first. Listen not interested me. in that. I want to watch two <laughs> athletes go at it. Listen to me. Your guy's not an athlete. 
Listen to me. That, that that's the not true. Where you this can't is the game on an offensive penalty. This... And they all just held. That's Chase's favorite football play of all time. All the guys just chucking the other team around. No, the the, this is Tyson Fury back. and Deontay Wilder. The, the, this fight. You got that that more skilled you. guy. You got Excuse the knockout me. power. But the thing here is. Yeah, Wilder is it lost almost listen, what are you listen. talking about? Would you listen you to me? My point. I'm trying to make You're my point. I win. I'm trying to make my point. I win. Yeah. No, but the thing the is, like is Deontay Wilder, you want to know why he beats everyone else not named Tyson Fury? It doesn't matter how skilled they are. It's because of the length. When you have that length mixed with that knockout power, you have to get in to land something. And when you get in, you have to get past my punch if you're an Nganu or or Deontay Wilder. Wall, but this uh, isn't boxing, Gon- so he doesn't have to engage with no. his fists. Yes, that, 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 that's to, why I, he that's doesn't why I said have the to, kicks. That's why I said earlier the kicks would be the problem. But I, I still that's why I said earlier when I was talking about the fight that Gon would win with the kicks. The leg kicks tear up that leg kick. Maybe land something up top. That that would be but I think he's gonna try and get in, and I think he Ngannou's going to land something when Gon's trying to get in. And, and by land something, do you mean an overhand right or an uppercut right? Because it'll be one or the yeah, other. Or, and it'll, it'll have been right set up sure. poorly by a lefty's, like a pawing jab probably, right? If he's, if he's got a pilot's license, maybe he'll land something. But other than that, I, he's in trouble tonight. I don't know. It, I think regardless, <laughs> both of these just messed up Gon is Fury. Yeah, he lost. Yeah, that's all what three I said. Yes, the story saying. Jace <laughs> just told did but, not uh, make no. my point. And but I appreciate it's the that reach. Very much. It's the length. It's the length. That's the issue. That's why I was. And God who has the length, so you have to get past that to get in to land something. So I think Nganu ain't when you have that length, it also helps coming in. So I think Nganu can will land. Nganu's gonna win. Listen, we can go circles, go back and forth. For hours on this, and I'm gonna be right just like I was with you. Steve made Bay. my Ooh. point with Sarah the one gone. thing you brought okay. up. You literally made my Sarah point. Gone. I know, but I also Nganu's gonna win. Let's go I'm fight of the night. Let's let's go. What what? The, it's a great card, but what other great fights? I might put my money on Nganu to be honest tonight. Fight of the night, Cyril gone because he's better. <laughs> Dude, the fight of the night is very very clear tonight the the best fight on this card tonight michelle Pereira back in action he's on a three fight winning streak he's fighting andre fialo uh a guy who comes from bellator has made quite a name for himself in the welterweight division if Pereira wins the fight he's he's gonna get somebody in the top five if he loses he's probably out of the ufc forever uh and fialo uh, I think we'll we'll you'll see this guy will will be in contention pretty quickly uh, in the UFC, and it it might start with a win over my boy. Mm-hmm. All right, but get ready for some high flying capoeira moves tonight. It's going to be dope. Yeah, you know, mostly it'll be off the cage, not when the guy's even anywhere near him. But I love what he does it. Yeah, but uh, I, right, Jared, what you got? Uh, Jack Madalena and Pete Rodriguez will be a great fight. Somebody's getting knocked out there. Take the under. Um, outside of that, I I agree with y'all. 
Uh, I think this Pereira fight's a great fight. Again, you take Pereira in the in the under. That one's gonna be uh gonna be closer though, a little bit closer. We need not some new blood in that. To be fair, outside of the fights we covered, there's not a lot of great stuff here. There's not a lot of usually my fight of the night are boxing. I have no puncher's chance because there's just nothing there. The closest fight is minus 400 Gary Russell Jr. Be careful with that fight. The punch was the puncher's chance was almost to go against him. Uh, this other kid can really bang that he's fighting. And I've seen holes in Russell Jr.'s game. Uh, Mark Magsale. Maxeo, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not that saying hey, Maxeo. I'm saying be careful with Russell Jr. Be careful with that fight. Um, there's yeah. not much here. Cyril Ghanan and Ganu is the one to sit down for. Fig's gonna put up a fight, but uh, if you only watch one fight today, watch that heavyweight main event in the UFC. Cyril yeah. Ghan has something that nobody else in the game has. Yeah, uh, Jared, you mentioned it. My fight of the night, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Mexeo, Uh on Showtime. But it, it's but, been yeah. a while for Gary it's Russell Jr. It has. It has. This is like his fifth title defense of his 10-year reign as the yeah. champion. Longest reigning <laughs> champ in boxing right now. Uh, but, it's uh, been like four or 500 days, I think, right, since his last fight? Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to hold on to your belt. Yeah. But just, uh, don't, just don't come out and play. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. But um it, it should be a great I, I but even that it, it's my fight of the night, but that's a watch Sunday morning type thing because my eyes are gonna be glued to this UFC card because it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. The featherweights, the heavyweights. I, I love heavyweights. And Ngano's gonna win. Ngano's gonna be gone. But uh, that's gonna do it for the fights. You that's know what? Gonna... Since you're since you since you can't stop saying it now, I am gonna ask everybody watching, and 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 people who might watch this later, that when Gan beats Nganu, please, I'd like you to assault yeah. Jace verbally. Do it. With do it. The best you've got. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> give it. it to him because he Come deserves on. it. Do it. Let's go. And we'll make it handy for you. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube, Facebook. Yeah, Twitter, right? There's pages YouTube, everywhere. Twitter. You could find us right at Throwing Jabs and just let Jace know uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I'd love. I'd love everyone to just unload. Him, yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I don't know why I made it to Sean Watson joke on this show. Geez, what the heck? But uh, I mean, let's uh, around this time last year. Ganu knocked out Steve Bay, and I just went through and liked everything talking about. I'm gonna do that again. Anything, anything in the comments right now? Pro gone. Be prepared. Three in the morning tomorrow. I'm gonna be liking it when Ganu wins. You'll get that notification right after. But uh, yeah, because I've been, we've been here before. We've been here before, and I came out victorious, and so did Ngannou. Conscious ain't going to do it. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. This car is going to be fun. This show's been fun. For myself, Big Jace, Joe Guy, and Jared Jones, that's going to do it for throwing jabs. A CMG sports podcast. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for a bunch of other podcasts. And if you don't find one you particularly like, start your own. CMG, CMG Sports.
podcast. Uh, uh, Enjoy the fights tonight, and we'll see you next week for more Throwing Jabs. Take care. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fisticuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.